Welcome to the England Rugby Pod. Thanks for downloading episode four. As England take on Scotland at Murrayfield in the Calcutta Cup, it's war, according to one member of the England squad. And there's a point to prove. You're listening to the England Rugby Pod, the rugby podcast that believes England will win the World Cup in 2023. Hey guys, welcome back. Our Six Nations coverage continues um, ahead of tomorrow's Calcutta Cup clash. Uh, always an interesting one. And to discuss everything, as always, I'm joined by Dan. Hi, mate. Hello, mate. Uh, how are you feeling from the weekend? Yeah, I'm feeling all right. You know, we, we said we said midweek, disappointing result. Um, but it's you know not, not a disaster, not the end of the world. And... Um, you know, the, the key thing is how England respond. Um, it, it is. So it's not the end of the world, I agree. But if we lose to Scotland... That, that's possibly uh, started. That, that's possibly, uh, yeah. Armageddon's en route. It's definitely, it's definitely there or thereabouts. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I was planning to come, in, come to this at the end, but actually, let's just go straight in with it. Um, you know, historically, well, history is something that the media loves to, to throw about. And, you know, you, you can look at this in many different ways. Um, there's a lot of chat about how England have only won three of their last seven trips to Murrayfield. Obviously, when they tell you that, they don't highlight the fact that the last seven trips to Murrayfield spans 14 years, um, yeah. <laughs> or the or the fact that you know over the last 20 years they've only lost four of their visits to Murrayfield, um, which incidentally are Scotland's only victories against England in the last 20 years. Um, so you know, there's lots of there's lots of ways of uh, of looking at it. England have won eight out of their last ten matches against Scotland. That's that's slightly more interesting. Um, yes, but the last two Six Nations matches have been a bit of a disaster against Scotland. They have, but you know, Scotland. If we if if we want to look at history and somehow find a way to make it and turn it into a positive, you know, <laughs> these, these things come in little groups, and then and then there tends to be a big a big kind of red. Uh, section. So they've had a win. They've had a draw. It's time for some red. It's time for some uh, some 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 red flag. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think this um, th- th- this game is huge. This game is huge because especially last year, what happened, what's gone on like last week with France, it, it just it feels like now's the right time for us to get back to those winning ways and, and do what we know we can do. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think look, we 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 seem to be getting ourselves in a into a bit of a habit of of making predictions on this particular fixture and it um, coming back to bite us. But we're talking about a team that lost to Ireland last weekend, and Ireland weren't particularly good last weekend. We're talking about a team who bitched and moaned throughout the World Cup or towards the end of the World Cup about how it was so unfair and how they were going to you know, refuse X, Y, and Z, and then lost to Japan, getting knocked out of the World Cup in the group stages. This is a Scotland team that's, you know, it's building, but it's by no means um, peaking. Uh, and it's against an England side, which, yeah, they'd had, they had a bad performance last weekend, but they, they had a strong comeback in the second half. You, you obviously said, you know, you weren't massively impressed by the performance in the second half, but nevertheless, um, you know, they still... 
found something and, and you know sometimes it just takes that little spark to to bring a team back to life you know, this is not a full strength England side I'm getting my excuses in early this is not a full strength <laughs> England side you know there's some key there's some key people missing um, and we'll come on to the team in a moment and and we can talk about the the, the positional changes and you know who who what he's not done um, and what impact we think that will have but you know on paper this is still England's game to win uh, regardless of where it is um, and as Eddie Jones has said on many occasions, you know, the, the location isn't a factor. And if it becomes a factor, then it's because the players have allowed it to become a factor. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I agree. And so, I think for England in particular, you know, they're, they're a team that's notoriously hated by the rest of the rugby world. Um, maybe not just rugby, but, you know, we're talking rugby. So, uh, you know, they're used to kind of being not the underdog, but they're used to being the kind of the team that everyone wants to lose. And yeah. In 2019, um, you know, they made a World Cup final despite that. So I don't think that that's a factor here. I think they're professional enough to look past that. Um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if and what kind of games are played. Um, you know, there were obviously, I think there was, was it the last fixture or was it the last fixture at Murrayfield when there was the little scuffle in the tunnel? It was the last fixture at Murrayfield, wasn't it? It was the Murrayfield, uh, Ryan Wilson and Farrell, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So... So there, there is that blood. I quite like uh, Lewis Ludlam's take on it, but, you know, because like you said, there's so much chat about at Murrayfield, Scotland are going to go to war and things. And, um, you know, Ludlam saying that our, our passion is just as much as theirs. I, I can't remember his exact word, and I think he might have even used the word war. He, I think he, he did, he did. He's, he's coming, and this is a prime example. You know, like you say, Scotland, they talk about it all the time. Um, because Eddie Jones said brutality against France and then what happened happened, now that Ludlam's said war, everyone's obviously now gone up in arms going, oh, this is brilliant. You know, more fighting talk that's going to go nowhere. Uh, you know, England are going to fall flat on their asses again. That's why we want to see a massive performance. And we need to see the first half last from last year and then have that again in the second half. Um, you know, just, just put, a, put a, an embarrassing score on them. Yeah, I, I, do you know oh. what I think? So I think I, I mean, London probably shouldn't have called William Wallace a motherfucker, but other than that, I think his sentiments are are, are, are right. Look, we we're not we're not afraid to have that fight. But moving on, looking at the team from that, then yeah. So last week, I think they've picked a team for that for that battle. I think with Ludlam, especially if you look at back row, Ludlam, Curry, and Underhill. Like we say. It's not a big carrying team, but that is a breakdown team uh, because a couple of years ago in Scotland, that's where we got absolutely schooled at the breakdown. Hopefully that won't happen again because I thought last week against France, we were quite poor. We didn't commit men. I think this team will, will get quick ball and then I think we can open them up. I think the, the big, I mean, obviously the, the, the big change or the, the big change that the, that the media is talking about is obviously um, Heinz, it- Heinz and... Uh, Hines and Youngs, um, it's not really a change. They've just they've swapped roles. You know, Hines is starting, Youngs is finishing. It's he's not been dropped. In fact, the only player that's been dropped from the squad is, is Joe Marler. Karen Dickey's out, but that's because his wife's gone into labour. Joe Marler's the only one that's been dropped, um, which I thought was quite harsh. But <laughs> I didn't think he had that bad a game. But uh, you no, know, I, I quite like Joe Marler. But um, you know, obviously Mako's back, so that's that's sort of a, a positive. Uh, and maybe he just felt that um, you know. Joe and, uh, and Mako are quite similar players. And so if you're going to have one of them, you want something different coming off the bench. There's only room for one of them. And, and actually, they don't really complement each other as a starter and a finisher. I don't know. 
Yeah, second I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, this is we've probably mentioned this before. Maybe not our area of expertise. Not but... yours, certainly, certainly. But I can tell you that, <laughs> oh, that, that you, Ellis Genge, yeah. Ellis Genge is covering the loose head, while uh, Will Stewart is covering the tight head. Oh, good, good, good to know. Yeah. Um, and and do you know what? I, th- I think we've got a good team. We are. But I like the Heinz coming in. I, I think Heinz just looks that bit that bit nippier. I think the, the, key, the key thing here for me is that if you're going to play, if you're going to play a Curry at eight and you're not going to commit to, a, to an out-and-out out eight, as we discussed uh, in the last episode, yeah. then you need, to, you need to have someone at the base of the scrum who is going to ship the ball quickly. And that's going to be the key. Because if you slow it down at the base of the scrum and you've not got you know, a Billy picking and going to give you that extra room outside... It's got to be fast. You can't afford. You can't afford to slow it up and let, and let blitz defences get up on get up on you. You, you know, we can't afford if we got if we're going to have a JJ at thirteen instead of a Manu. We can't afford to be giving him uh, man and ball. It, it's just not effective, um, and it's not it's not taking advantage of the skills that he has and what he's capable of doing. Um, quick ball is going to be key. I want to see some 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 miss passes. Get the ball out wide quickly. We saw how how dangerous we know it anyway, but. We saw it against France. It was the the turning point. It's how dangerous Johnny May is in space. Oh my god! Uh, yeah. There just has to be a plan to make sure that he's getting the ball. When he's getting the ball, it's in space. There's no point in giving him man and ball. There's no point in giving JJ man and ball. You know they're not crash ball merchants. We've we've not gone with that type of a team. Um, so we've got to be looking to to find the gaps and um, and take advantage of those. Well, what are your thoughts on uh, staying with the same back three with Fairbank starting at fullback again? I mean, look, we, well, I don't change my opinion from from earlier in the week. I think fair. I mean, I guess the thing is, we were talking about Watson, and I'm guessing Watson is unavailable. I haven't actually seen anything. Yeah, official, no, what, what, but Watson, I'm assuming he's still Watson's, injured. Yeah, he, he's officially unavailable. Yeah. So I, I get not bringing else bringing someone else in who's a punt. You yeah, know, you talked obviously about um, Ollie Thorley yeah. as, as a possibility. Uh, you know, there's a few there's a few options. I think unless you were going to bring someone tried and tested in at fullback, um, why not stick with Furbank? You know, as you said, uh, he's he's proven in the Premiership. He's a, he's a good player when he when he has the opportunity. Uh, maybe he lacked opportunities last oh. week. Um, so yeah, I think I think with Watson unavailable, fair enough. Um, I'm not. I'm not overly concerned about it. I don't think Furbank is the weak link in the England side, um, but you know it's a great opportunity and it's a big one because you know there's only so it doesn't it doesn't really matter how many opportunities like how few opportunities you get in the match. There's only so many opportunities you get to prove yourself uh, in the squad, um, and unfortunately there are occasions as, as we've seen over the years where you know players may not get those opportunities during the game, and when it happens too many times in a row. You know, unfortunately for them, it can it can cost them their their chances. Um, so I, I hope he gets an opportunity to to shine, and we can see what he's capable of. But um, yeah, that obviously remains to be seen. I, I don't, it is weird when you think about when you think about the handful of players not involved, um, and and how good the England squad looks. You know, when it's fully fully firing. You know the World Cup, and then you see this kind of small number of players unavailable, and suddenly you're thinking, "Oh, we seem to be lacking things." Um, that said, the awesome foursome are all involved in this. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. That, uh, that, I'm, that I'm, looks. I'm glad to see two out and out 
Rose in Cruz and Atoji starting. I agree. Um, I completely agree with that. Obviously, uh, obviously, we're, we're expecting because he's gone with a six-two on the on the bench. Um, so obviously, Dunn, uh, Genge, and Stewart front row replacements. That's that's pretty straightforward. Obviously, Launchpad is going in for I'd imagine Cruz, um, but we'll it, uh, you know obviously it depends on how so, the game pans out. But that does probably mean that Laws is looking at the back row. No, I think I think that what they oh yeah. So one of two ways. I think either they move a Toje to the back row and bring Laws and Launchby into into row, or like you say, they could bring on Laws in the back row. But it's and what about Earl? He's a he's back row as well, isn't he? He's a flanker. Well, yeah, he is. He is back row. So actually, actually that's like really one of those, good he looks like one of those mutant flankers though, who could play eight. Yeah, so possibly maybe they're looking at him for that. I'm not entirely sure. So. That'll be interesting because you've got. <clears throat> so you're what you're bringing Ludlam off, but then you've also got to take off either Curry or Underhill. So, so possibly they're bringing on. I mean, I mean, I mean, possibly Launchman Lords are going to be straight swaps, or maybe in the back row, Eddie is saying to them, "I want you by sixty minutes. I don't want you to be able to play another twenty minutes because I want you absolutely off your feet." Yeah, uh, and, yeah. and that's why he's gone for for those options, but. Eddie's clearly thinking with the six-two. Eddie's clearly looking at a massive forward game. Um, he but is, but, but what is that? Look, I mean, you know, a massive forward game. You're thinking physicality, well, think and as you just pointed out, you know, this team, this team appears to be much more about the sort of the the, the grunt work and and you know the, the breakdown and you know, which is obviously a physical part of the game as well. But it's we're still not seeing big ball carriers. Um, which means you're relying very much on the backs doing their thing, which was kind of what they went with last week, but it didn't work because the, there wasn't quick enough ball. And, uh, well, well, that's that's why so I think does, he's gone six two because I yeah. I, well, the reason I think he's gone six two is because when I say a massive forwards game, I think it's going to be a very quick forwards game. Yes, physical. Yes, aggressive. But moving the forwards all over the park mm. is what he's going to do. So he knows that these forwards are going to get quite tired and need replacing. Which is why I think he's put the six in because he's looking for those forwards to be running, you know, running their engines dry, and then bring them on and giving the backs that quick ball, get, you know, making that bit more space, especially come the second half, which is where you then, you know, you've got the lights because we still our backs are missing to you, but you look at the the gas we've got in the in the backs with the likes of you know May Joseph Daly, and 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 also. You've got Ford and Farrell, who, especially Ford, who can open up and see those gaps. I actually really think, and someone like a Devoto, I think is brilliant. When there's a half gap, he sees it so well and gets through it. I think that's why he's on the bench, because when I think the plan is to tire out the Scottish pack, and when they are slightly tired, come 60 minutes, if they're just that half second too late, you know, into the pocket or you know, in guard, bodyguard, whatever, you've got Devoto who might see that and run through it. That's what I believe Eddie's plan is. Interesting. Uh, I think discipline's going to be key. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Uh, You know, we need, like, Sinclair, Genge, probably slightly harsh, but Ludlam, just because black eyes and stuff make it look like he's probably quite aggressive. Um, Earl looks like he's probably a bit of a... Bit, bit of a fire. mouthy, mouthy fucker. So he, yeah, I think that's probably <laughs> William for as well because I know very little about him. But um, we just want. I, I mean, Genge is the is the big worry for me. You know, he he baby Rhino. He's 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 aggressive in a good way. Um, to be fair, like he wasn't pinged last week, but just 
stay on that line, but the right side of it. Um, don't you know? We don't want to be seeing. He, he he does like to get involved, and it's frustrating sometimes. And I know it's pretty common with the, with the, some of the younger players, but it's frustrating sometimes when you see these guys at this level. You know, be aggressive in in all the legal facets of the game, but know when to walk away and uh, and take one on the chin. Just because that gets under the skin of the opposition far more. You know, they're trying to get a rise out of you. If you give them that, they've won. Um, yeah. So you just want to see a really professional game, aggressive, um, and let's let's uh, let's back up Ludland's fighting talk. You know, if he wants it to be a war, let's make it a war, but let's do it within the confines of uh, of what's allowed and, and teach them a lesson of UK law. Yeah, if we stick to that, that will be a great start. Um, what do you think? What do you think we're missing? Like, obviously, the ball carrying thing. Do you think we are missing out? Do you think these decisions would be better off having a I know we haven't said that, but would you personally like to see a likes of a Don Brandt on the bench or or a Sam Simmons, just somebody who's a bit more renowned for their carrying? I, I would like to see a, would, a carrier yeah. in there. I, I'd like to. I, I don't. I don't want to see Curry at eight. I said this last time, and I feel really strongly. Yeah, yeah. He's such a good player. Yeah, yeah. When he's you know in his position, and I and I'm not you know he's still going to be an effective player on the pitch in open play, but you know set piece is so important. Um, particularly at international level and having someone like curry at 8 i just think you're not getting the be- you're not getting the best out of him it just makes no. no sense to me like you build a team around you build a team around around the key the key personnel and if you if you take your key personnel and you stick them in the wrong position and then go let's build a t- you know now let's i don't know just to me it just makes makes no sense like if you if Billy is so important to this England side, then you've got to be... Able, surely it makes more sense if Billy is so important to this England side to have a like-for-like replacement so that the team can continue to, to kind of play the same game plan rather than saying, well, if Billy's unavailable, then they've just got to be able to adapt. Well, yeah, but that's because of the squad you've selected. Yeah. If you I, found I, someone who could do you know, a similar job to Billy, even if not quite as effectively... Then at least the rest of the the rest of the team can continue to focus on their strengths, and and we can build on that. I, I don't know. I just that for me is is the one area, and and you know Don Brand. I he's, I, he's I think it's so I, well. yeah. I don't understand why he hasn't been given his shout. I really hope this doesn't turn into um, a Don Armand situation where we're all going scratching our heads and going, why does he never get the call up and we never get to see him? I really hope there's something else. You know that Eddie's got a plan. Um, because I think you know the, the, the all these guys they, they 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 need their hard work to be rewarded. Yeah, um, yeah. and maybe that's what it is. Maybe Eddie said no because he wants him to go and sort of show on on the pitch for Harlequins how angry he is about not getting selected and he'll get selected ne- next time. Um, you know, assuming he's not going to be involved in this Six Nations, uh, I really hope he's involved in the summer tour. Um, yeah, I, I, he, I'd, I'd be amazed if he's not. I mean, it does worry me because Eddie does have specific players he likes. And, and the fact he's not in now, bearing in mind how well he's playing, Eddie probably just may well not see that England potential in him. Because even sort of moving on from the forwards, but to the backs, because sort of building on what you were saying, almost a like for like, with Manu out, your big ball carrier, there's part of me thinks it'd be great to see another big ball carrier and I guess the obvious person would have been a Tio a Ben Tio but I, think, well, I, I don't think he can Tio, be I was going to say uh, he, he, he probably would have been involved 
if he hadn't thrown the toys out of the pram when he wasn't taken to the World Cup? Well, did, didn't he beat up Mike Brown? Well, not necessarily beat up. Didn't they have a scuffle or something? Uh, and that's why they were both both removed. Well, yeah, and then and then and then he yeah. just threw the toys out of the pram and left England. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, I mean, he's not possible. But then, in fairness to Eddie, I'm trying to think. Maybe someone like uh, Hill. Is it Sam a, Hill? Or a Brad that? Barrett. A, a Barrett, maybe. Yeah, but <laughs> he's about three hundred years old. He's probably Barrett could still do a job. He I'm could, convinced he of it. Yeah, but, but no, I agree with you. Some... I think. I think. Yeah, it's a, it's another example. You know, you've got big big Billy at the back, and if he's not available, change the game plan. Put someone else in there who plays a completely different rugby. You've got Manu. If he gets injured, he's not available. Put someone else in to plays a completely different game plan. And it's you're, you're just you're just making life more difficult for the rest of the team. I'm not yeah, saying there shouldn't be a plan B. Of course there should be, but the plan B should be something that you execute to change a game. It shouldn't be something that you have to execute because someone gets injured. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, uh, I, I really hope that I'm proven wrong and that these guys just everything everything clicks. Um, you know, we we know that this is a, a team capable of doing. Things you know with this with this type of a, a lineup, we've seen it before. Um, but yeah, I would I would like to see at least one ball carrier, uh, you know, pr- like proper ball carrier, someone who's gonna who's gonna sort of break lines and and you know cause problems for the opposition. You know, obviously you've got the likes of Laws, who we know will happily carry the ball into contact and and cause an issue. But his his real strength is his defensive aggression Genge, yeah, yeah. Genge obviously is 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 there he's the sort of guy that's going to um, take the ball into into contact and cause problems and that's and that's great but we're only giving him 20 minutes um, we, I think you know we need to see more from the likes of Kyle Sinclair Mako's going to be key if Mako yeah, can, get, if Mako can get the ball you know can get some go forward and and, and, um, and make yards in, in the tackle because that I think is that was the difference against France you know they were they were hitting us back in the tackle as we have often seen England do to oppositions, um, and we were just stopping them on the gain line or even, sorry, they were they were knocking us back when when we were tackling them. But they, but you know, when they were tackling us, they were still knocking us back. So you know, we were just losing ground to them. Um, yeah. And the key for quick ball for everything is you've got to be you know those just a couple of yards. It's all it needs. It doesn't need to be you know meters. Um, just get that go forward. Um, so hopefully Mako comes in and, and just offers something a little bit more on those lines. We know he's got some pretty silky hands. Carl Sinclair, we know he's got some silky hands. But you know, I also don't want to see the pack if 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 they are going to keep it keep the ball wrapped up for a lot of this game. I don't want to see the pack throwing loose passes. Um, you know, there were a couple last week even that just you know you thought, oh, no, that's an interception, and it wasn't fair play. But God, it was close. <laughs> um, so just yeah. I just need to see calm, collected, smart, More smart old, rugby. A bit, bit of old school, forwards back to the grunt work. Although we, I, I, I'm happy. No, no I, don't get me wrong. I want to see the flair, you know, to a degree. And and you know, these guys, they they practice it. They're good at it. They, you know, so so that to to a degree, let's let's do it. But let's let's just make keep it sensible. Let's not yeah. throw wild passes. Let's not throw the ball away just for the sake of hoping that someone picks it up and it's you know in an offload. If you know someone's there, great, offload it. Let's keep going. But um, I don't know, and I, and I think as well the support lines. I, I was looking at the highlights of of the last game, the first half. I turned it off after halftime, um, and you know there, there was just there were there were two men in support every time. 
So yeah. the game was fast paced, but also the support was there. So the offloads worked. Whereas I felt against France, there was a lot of times when the ball would, you know, when someone did decide to pick and go, um, you know, they'd carry, carry through a tackle or two, make some yards, and then they'd, they were isolated. And, you know, if you manage to, re- to, to recycle the ball, great, but you've slowed it, it's all been slowed down. But also, you're just making it easier for the opposition to poach it. Yeah, I was surprised by that fact because I thought I think England are so good when they're not, when they're not like that. So I was quite surprised that happened. But you know, it did. Never mind. It's gonna it's gonna change this weekend. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a cracking weekend of rugby, isn't it? Because you've got uh, Island Wales or Wales Island, whichever way around it is first, which is gonna be. God, I'm looking forward to watching rugby tomorrow. Uh, that that's going to be, you know, a good game in itself. And then you've obviously got Scotland, England. Um, I think yeah, France, Italy is on Sunday. France, Italy, Sunday, yes. And and that's less of a matter. I'll watch it, but I'm not that bothered. But the two on Saturday are absolutely yeah, massive, massive. I mean, you know, depending on what happens in the Scotland, England game, um, the the Wales, Ireland game kind of defines who the challenges are for this Six Nations. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, France will win, so France will be two from two. Yeah, but, um, but obviously they beat us, fair play. Yeah. But it, Italy kind of becomes, I think, unfortunately, the way Italy are at the moment, and I hope I don't rue saying it, but, um, you know, they are the whipping boys again, and they're a bonus point win for everyone in theory. Yeah. So, so I, think, I think you kind of, you know, it's going to look good on the table, but in terms of the the effect that, I, that Italy has on the Six Nations right now, I don't think it really matters because I think everyone's going to get a bonus point win against them. I think so. I think so. Um, but uh, the, the key is, you know, do Ireland remain unbeaten, or uh, do Wales remain unbeaten, and, and that's yeah. going to be the difference. Of like a six-all draw or something would be good for that, that game. Would, that would be good. Uh, not, not, not a great nil-nil. Spectacle. What are you talking about? Nil-nil. Yeah, yeah, nil-nil. It wouldn't be the best spectacle ever. No, but no, it wouldn't. It'd be um, interesting. No, I hope it's a good game. Um, I, I think it'll be an interesting one. I, 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 my, my heart says Ireland. My head has absolutely no idea because Ireland were poor against Scotland. Ireland were poor, and Ireland were poor in the World Cup. And, and actually, I've, Wales, Wales, despite the scoreline, didn't win. look that exciting against Italy. But at the same time, it's often very difficult to to look good against a side that's just very poor. Because yeah, I, I think Wales are in quite a good place. I think Wales might win that one. You think? I, I reckon Wales will win that one. Uh, and then, so, okay. So we, we've gone Wales against Ireland. So let's get I'm down to... I'm going Ireland the, against Wales, but yeah. You're okay. going Ireland. Okay. And let's get down to Scotland, England. What's, what's your prediction? I'm going big because, you know, unlike me okay. on this occasion, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling confident. Uh, so I'm going 37-17. Ooh, oh, sorry, out. 1737. 37 to England. I think because it's at Murrayfield, it won't be quite as much. I am going 27-12 to England, obviously. Interesting. Well, I mentioned in the last episode that I've been speaking to Graham at Rugby Forecast. That's at Rugby, the number four cast. Um, they do a lot of statistics, uh, and it's quite interesting. They, I mean, I'm not going to go into too much detail, because apart from anything else, I don't really understand what it is they're doing and how they get there. But they have predicted England 2014. Oh, OK. Oh, that's not that far off what I say. Uh, so quite close. They've got, yes, they're saying 64.9% chance that England win, 
percent chance that Scotland win. Um, they're assuming uh, no bonus point win, but a but a bonus point loss. Interestingly, okay. they've got Ireland twenty five, Wales nineteen. Same scenario with the oh, bonus hang points. On, hang on. Did, did you know? Did you know this stuff before you predicted? In fact, actually predicted being the one massive anyway. So yeah, I'm saying England thirty seven seventeen. That, yeah, yeah. Um, so I did know it before, but that's but but I still think Ireland. Yeah, no, fair enough. Um, but they've gone twenty five nineteen to Ireland, and then they're going thirty eight eighteen to France. Um, what's interesting is if if their their prediction is is correct, the Grand Slam chance they've got Ireland with a ten percent chance, France with a three percent chance. But more importantly, dis- despite that, they've got England, the favourites to win, fifty seven percent chance of winning if they beat Scotland tomorrow. Yes. Okay. As in a 57% chance of winning the Six Nations, despite having lost one, won one, and one of them being France. Okay. Um, well, so I thought that was quite, quite, uh, quite fascinating. Yeah, I, I, need to start, I need to start looking at their facts more. I quite, I quite like, I mean, you've told me about it quite a lot, and I like the sound of these. So, so, yeah, so, so if, if what they've predicted, which, which results-wise is what, well, what I've said, you've got Wales ahead of Ireland, but... Um, They've got England first, Ireland second, Wales third, France fourth, Scotland fifth, Italy sixth. That's their projection if, if this weekend's results turn out the way that they're suggesting. So it'll be interesting to see how they do turn out and what that does to their projections. If England lose, and this is what I was saying about um, Ireland and Wales being a key game, if England lose, but everything else remains the same, England's chances of winning drop to like 11%. Ireland the favourites... Um, but it, and England, it's then much more mixed because England are then 33% chance of coming second, 24% chance of coming third, 19% chance of coming fourth, 13% chance of coming fifth. You know, it's, it's very different to a 57% chance of winning the whole thing if they beat Scotland. So it's just it's fascinating that, that this game against Scotland, who they're projecting to come fifth at the moment, could determine... You know, a likely outcome of England doing very well to a to a a very even chance that they could come anywhere in the table. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So well, clearly an important game. Massive game. Absolutely massive game by the sounds of it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's it all depends how much weight you put on their statistical analysis. But um, you know, we did say we wanted to see how statistics compare to our heart overhead projection predictions. Um but yeah, obviously, if, if my result comes right and England get the bonus point win and Scotland obviously don't get a bonus point loss, um, then that, that just increases England's chances even more. So it, it's, it, I think what this highlights is just how important it is for England to put the France result behind them. So a massive performance against Scotland and a good result kind of just wipes that out and if if France go on to be unbeaten in the competition then fair play you know grand yeah, if, but, if you get but grand really start. what I think we need is we need to be in a position where coming off the back of the Scotland game we're saying yeah we're not planning to lose any more games so France it's up to you now you, you managed to beat us in the in the opener we were a bit rusty maybe um, we're not losing again so if you want to if you want to win this thing you better go and do the grand slam and if they do fair play yeah yeah I like it I like it. Well, I think I think that's probably. I mean, we we did our sort of earlier in the week. That's our France. That's our France. That's our Scotland England predictions. And do you know what? It's about time we bring the Calcutta cut back. We will. And 
I look forward to all our worries about ball carriers just being completely unfounded. Exactly. Um, yeah, so for, for, I think BBC at 4pm tomorrow, programme starts, 4.45 kickoff. It's obviously the late game. Um, but, but yeah, I'm guessing about two-ish for the, uh, for the Ireland-Wales game. It's going to be another cracking day of rugby. It is. Um, and then, yeah, Sunday you can kind of take it easy and just maybe watch the highlights. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. exactly. Awesome. Guys, uh, appreciate you tuning in again. Sorry it's come a little bit late, but um, obviously now that the post-match episodes are coming out a little bit later as well, it spreads it out a little a little better. Uh, and hopefully this gets you fired up for, uh, for the big game tomorrow. And we will be back Monday or Tuesday um, to discuss how it all went. Uh, and we will catch you then. 